0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. We are in Ezra chapter 5. We're going to try to get through all of chapter 5, begin chapter 6. A lot of this is uh, looking at records uh, that the Persians were asked to uh, refer to as the Jews were building. The year that we're going to be talking about is, again, 520. Uh, Darius has just become the emperor, and it's a time of turmoil, which kind of, Leaves the Jews in a position where they've got some freedom to start building the temple along with the fact politically they've got freedom to build the temple because the Persians are preoccupied with losing Cambyses who had died. There had been a revolt, a a false emperor had taken over. Darius has to march on Persia, overtake the throne from a pseudo-Smyrnus who was uh, an imposter. And then once that breaks out, all of the empire begins to revolt. I mean, di- variety of places. When they see the chaos there in the in the headquarters, different places decide it's our chance to break away. Which would be the exact same time the Jews decide to start building the temple, which is exactly the same time that Zechariah and Haggai begin to prophesy. Haggai comes up, and you know he's going to tell the basically begins by chewing the people out for for having said well we can't get it done and they haven't gotten it done for some 16 years building the temple cyrus sent them back with a decree to build the temple sent the treasures back uh as he did to a variety of places their view uh the this view of the persians uh and in the middle east was that each territory had a different god so if you worship your god that's fine that's the God of the hills, or that's the God of the plains, or that's the God of Jerusalem. This is the God of Babylon. Uh, as the Assyrians, as we saw before, we had a different poster up, the Assyrians would carry those gods back to Assyria. Nebuchadnezzar would take stuff and collect stuff, bring the gods to him. Well, if you're going to rule an empire and you've got all the gods in the wrong place, you got the God of the mountains over in Babylon, you've got the God of the plains in Babylon. You've got the Jewish God and all his stuff in Babylon. They're not going to be happy. Now, the Assyrians didn't worry about it. They just decided that they you, you failed to worship your God. We'll bring him over here and we'll worship him correctly. These people, you've got to be careful to think of that Cyrus was a was a Christian or Darius was a believer in the Jewish God. Their view was that these gods needed to be sent back to their proper locations the temples that were destroyed needed to be rebuilt and rebuilt on the exact location. There's record. We're going to see it here, but there's records of the kings sending out people to find out where the temple that needs to be rebuilt, the shrine, the cult center, and they'd find the foundation stone, the cornerstone, and say, Okay, we found it. Now build it right here because this is where the God wants it, whatever the God was. So what we see Cyrus doing, sending the Jews back to rebuild the temple... And what Darius is going to support here tonight is, is not uncommon. It's not like some strange fiction. It's they thought the gods should go back and don't, don't mess with them. And so Darius is going to support what takes place. Nonetheless, uh, what's taking place here, if you look on page 1, I can read through this, kind of give you some information before we go to the text of Scripture, but beginning in... Uh, Around 520, that's when these events start to take place. Uh, Darius I, and he was a great emperor, great king, Hystaspes, was an officer in Cambyses' military. Egypt had revolted, so they marched on Egypt. They put down that revolt, and he kept marching further west into the desert and lost thousands of troops. Cambyses, along with one of his generals, Darius, continues to move back up towards Syria. Cambyses disappears around Mount Carmel. We've talked about this before. Somewhere in Syria, no one knows what happened. Uh, Some kind of an assassination, but no one knows. Uh, When that takes place, uh, okay, I'm in point B. Darius was with Cambyses in Egypt. Point C, when Cambyses died near Mount Carmel, uh, Gamata was the name. He faked like he was Cambyses' brother, Smyrnus, who had been killed. So that's why he's known as Pseudo-Smyrnus. But it was Gamata, which was one of the magicians, in the, uh, magicians the wise men uh, in the court. He took over the throne. Once he hears that Cambyses is dead somewhere in Syria, Mount Carmel, over in Persia, he takes the throne and says, well, I'm his brother. And everybody started following him. Well, Darius, the general, knows that's not the case. So he marches on Persia, overthrows the, the throne there, uh, of, takes away the, uh, the, the false leader, Pseudo-Smyrnus. Uh, that's point D. Now, with that be happening, Persia's whole focus is on stabilizing the throne, stabilizing the empire. Well, that's when revolts start to break out, <coughs> and that's when our story is taking place right here. That's when we've already, we took, took time, went through Haggai. That's Haggai, well, while that's all taking place, Haggai starts prophesying. Uh, telling the people to get started, and rebukes them, and they respond. Now be careful right here, because you know Zechariah. This is speculation, uh, but you see it in the book of Zechariah. Zechariah had uh, dated prophecies. There's a lot of end times, eschatology, or talk of the Messiah. (coughs) Uh, Producing, And it's interesting when you see it pop up at different places in history. We talk about where we're at in history and we're looking for the return of jesus christ you know as as one world empire starts to globalism starts to build it's going to be the return of christ we've got artificial intelligence oh, and that must be uh the the you know the the god that's set up in the image that's set up in the temple oh we're, we're in the end times okay that's what we thought in the 1970s when they had the barcode it must be the end times the mark of the beast and that's what they thought you know in uh, World War I, uh, World War II with Hitler, that's what they thought, 1000 A.D. during the Crusades, it's been a thousand years, it's the millennium, it's the end, Jesus is coming back, it's end time fever, all the way back, you can see it in 66 A.D., Uh, the jews wanted the messiah they were looking for the messiah during john the baptist day jesus tried to play it down so it didn't you know make him into some kind of political leader 135 a.d the bar kokba revolt they had the fever of the overthrow you can call him the son of the star uh, bar kokba now if you remember zachariah was prophesying and talking about visions about the Messiah, which several times we saw Jesus in the book, you know, prophesied in the book of Zechariah, sometimes in his first coming and then several times in his second coming. So they, of course, in 520, weren't thinking about, well, we've got to wait for Jesus to come, die on the cross, have the church age. It's probably going to be a couple, 2,500 years uh, in the future. J- they're, they're thinking... Possibly, with this chaos in the empire, uh, Haggai is prophesying. The people are getting ready to build the temple. Zachariah starts talking about the Messiah, and you're going to see your King come riding on a donkey. All these things. There may have been a, uh, especially with Zerubbabel being in the mix, the governor being a descendant of David may have gotten caught up in the fever either accidentally, intentionally, or just by accusation because what takes place during this time is we're going to lose Zer, uh, Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel's going to he's not he's going to be there at the start of the process here of building the temple, but by the time they dedicate it, uh, Zerubbabel's gone. He would've been appointed by the Persians, but he may have gotten pulled out because of even you can see how dangerous Zachariah's prophecies could be in a time of national or empire revolts. Uh, then the Jews start building a temple. Uh, Z- Zerubbabel has you know, got a special crown to be the Messiah. All these things are being set up. And so there's, this is a very chaotic time. And that's kind of being pointed out right there point e due to these crazy unstable events the persian empire was full of revolts leadership and power were uncertain darius put down the rebellions and masterfully restored order eventually building it into a greater empire so he does in a matter of a few years establish control and pushes it to greater heights and he's going to continue to reign during this time Uh, so that that's kind of the stage of where we're at I want to look on the notes on page 1. You can look in your Bibles if you'd like to. As we end chapter 4 of Ezra, uh, let's do this if you don't mind. Go to chapter 4, verse 4. This is a little bit of review. because It's it's not confusing if you go through this, but it's cluttered. Chapter 4, verse 4. Chapter 4 in the NIV is titled, Opposition to Rebuilding. And remember, what's going to take place in this chapter, we've got the temple that's going to be uh, uh, opposed beginning in 538. When they return to build it, there is going to be in 536, they had the altar set. There's going to be 16 years of opposition to the temple. During chapter 4, we're going to jump down into the days of Artaxerxes, when the temple has been completed and the people are going to start building the wall and the Samaritans are going to complain about the wall and that's where Artaxerxes in chapter 4 is going to say no to the wall. And that's what the letters are in chapter 4. We looked at that last week. But going back to 520, uh, chapter 4, verse 4, verse 1, when the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building the temple for their Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and the heads of the families, let us help you. We realize they can't help me because they're so twisted in their religion. They says you would have no part. Plus, we've been told by Cyrus to rebuild the temple. Uh, verse 4 of chapter 4. Then the people around them, that'd be the Samaritans, set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They hired counselors, lawyers, legal teams to work against them and frustrate their plans. It was going to be... Uh, governmental terrorism it 's going to be physical terrorism it 's going to be media terrorism it 's going to be anything to f- put fear and they 're just going to say this is five hundred thirty six and they 're just going to walk away from it, then frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, who had given the decree, uh, and Cambyses, which is, is not mentioned here, the King of Persia, and down to the reign of Darius, right here, Cambyses dies, Darius takes over right to this time. And then in verse 6, at the beginning of the reign of Xerxes, and we looked at this last week, they're going to talk about conflicts. They had it with Xerxes' time. Conflicts they next is going to be like you can see in verse uh, 11. Artaxerxes, they're talking about opposition after the temple was completed. Uh, That's all of chapter 4. And then we're going to finish in chapter 4, verse 23. As soon as a copy of the letter of King Artaxerxes was read artaxerxes is going to send a letter and say no you cannot build the wall Uh, that's verse 24 now again artaxerxes is going to say that here but soon as we get to the book of nehemiah nehemiah is living he's the one bringing this wine bowl yeah right here this wine bowl again possibly because that is a wine bowl of artaxerxes a silver wine bowl about this big in the british museum would bring that to him And one day, Artaxerxes is going to say, what's wrong? And Nehemiah says, my city lies in ruins yet. He says, well, what what can we do about it? And he he goes ahead and gives him permission to go over there and oversee the rebuilding of the city, or we say the wall. And that's coming up later in the book of Nehemiah. But at this point right here, that's what's happening right there in verse 23. And then verse 24, right here, before we get to chapter 5, verse 1, thus... The work on the house in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of King Darius, king of Persia, right here. Now that right there in the English, you can see the word thus, the work of the, on the house of the God. That, if you just read through this during your Bible devotions, it appears Artaxerxes sends a letter uh, over there in, a, you know, five oh four eighty five or something and says, stop building the wall. And then it says in verse 24, Thus the work on the house of God came to stop in 520. So that thus the work on the house of God does not refer back to verse 23. That refers back to chapter 4, verse 4 with the opposition. With that opposition, thus the work. So all that between chapter 4, verse 6 up to chapter 4, verse 23 is just more detail of what's going to take place But in chapter 4, verse 4, or 5, it it stops, gives you more detail. And then we resume with, thus, the work on the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And now we're back. What we have done is we we stopped here, spent a couple weeks talking about all the rest of that chapter. Now we're thus, we're going back here, and now this is what takes place in 520, and what's taking place in 520 is Cambyses has died. pseudo Smerdis had tried to take over the throne. Darius, the general, has to march on Persia, take the throne back, establish his kingdom. Revolts break out all over the empire, including Haggai prophesying, Zechariah prophesying, the Jews starting to build the temple. And then the Samaritans come in again and are going to bring opposition. So here we go. Um, now we are in chapter 5, verse 1. And I've got my NIV open here, but I'm going to be reading on page one with the English Standard Version on the notes. And I want to show you, I've got it underlined, you can see the verse, chapter 5, verses 1 through 17, and right above that it says, events of 520 BC that led to resuming the rebuilding of the temple. And that's that's the first two verses right here, I'm going to read them to you right now. These are the events that led to the resuming of the rebuilding. They started in 537, 536. Opposition made them stop until 520. Now Darius is on the throne. Revolts are breaking out. Haggai and Zechariah have prophesied. Haggai is telling the people, you're being selfish. You should be working on the temple. Zechariah is saying, look, the Messiah is coming. Look, we've got to get the temple ready for the Messiah. That's all taking place with so the people. Start building. It's that, chapter 5, verse 1. Now the prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, the son, son of Idu, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. Then Zerubbabel, and remember, Zerubbabel is the governor related to King David, appointed by the Persians to oversee the return, but Zechariah has pointed out specifically throughout the book, pointing at Zerubbabel, He's a marker, he's a symbol of the Messiah to come, which again could be totally misinterpreted, as you can understand, people misinterpreting eschatology in our day, in the past. Well, some of these people probably are like, he's the Messiah, we're going to overthrow the Persians, just like the Jews in 66 AD or 132 AD thought they were going to overthrow the Romans. We have no indication of that, I'm just saying, the, the ingredients for that is just laying right there. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shatil, and Joshua that's the high priest Joshua, arose and began to rebuild the house of God that is in Jerusalem, and the prophets of God were with them, supporting them. So that's what takes place right there in 520. They're back on track. There's empire. The empire is unstable. Darius is regaining control. Um, and now we turn the page. And if you want to see a time chart right there, page two, there's a time chart. If you want to look through that very quickly, 521. Darius, Darius Histaspes, this guy right here, executes Gamata. That's the pseudo smyrnus Darius searches the royal archives in Babylon and finds that Cyrus had ordered the rebuilding of the temple. He's going to go back and find this archive. Uh, prophets arise. August 29th, the word of the Lord comes to Haggai in 520. October 17th, Haggai 2, verses 1 through 9. Uh, the Lord's messenger has a message for Zerubbabel, the governor. Darius Estaspes, uh, searches the Royal Archive in Babylon, and finds that Cyrus had ordered the rebuilding of the temple. So there's, it takes about a year to get through that. We'll see that tonight. December 18th, 520, Haggai's prophesying blessing because they've started rebuilding. 519, February 15th, in one night, Zechariah has a bunch of visions. Uh, December 7th, Zechariah receives word from the Lord in the fourth year of Darius. They're, now they're building the temple during all those years. And then by 516, the temple is completed exactly 70 years uh, after it had been uh, destroyed. Now, you can count that down, 70 years from 586 to 516, or you can count it from the uh, first captivity, 605 takes 70 years, and now you're going to have the return. So it depends on how you want to count the 70 years, but it works out perfect there. That's kind of a timeline. Okay, now this, the third verse of chapter thirty. Uh, I've got chapter 35 written there. See that 35? That's supposed to be chapter 5, verse 3. Now, they've just started rebuilding the temple. Go, go, go. Okay, at that time, Tatani, uh, Tatani, I've got to pronounce Tatani, uh, I looked it up so I could pronounce it correctly. Once in a while, I'll try to do that. Tatani, the governor of the province beyond the river. Now, the, the beyond the river... That is the Euphrates River on this side. It would be Syria all the way down into Israel, Samaria, everything on this side. It's also called Trans-Euphrates. You know, so the, this translation says the, the land on the other side of the river, Trans-Euphrates. Beyond the river is just another way of saying it. And Shethar Bozenai, that would be his scribe that's there to watch his behavior and record everything he does. So Tat-tenai is the governor appointed by Darius or whoever, if maybe Cambyses. But he's, he's there working for the Persians. He's in charge of the land for the Persians. He's in charge of the taxation, collecting the taxes, distributing the taxes, overseeing the land. If something goes wrong, it's his responsibility. And his scribe, which is also appointed by the emperor, is there writing down all the details so he can't, like, betray him. Uh, he hears this now. Uh, I, ha- I brought this book right here just so I could show a couple things if it pops up. I've got several books, obviously. This is a set of books by Zondervan, the Illustrated Bible Background Commentary. There's five volumes. It's got every book, but it's, it's not a commentary on the text. It's just historical stuff. It's just interesting details like archaeology, facts, stuff. And one of the things that's in this, I thought, Titani, the governor of Trans-Euphrates, uh, in, in June 5th, on June 5th, hundred and two BC, there's a document, a cuneiform document from the Persians that's got his name. That he was then appointed uh, as the next step up, the governor of the whole area. So his name pops up on this guy right here. His name pops up as the governor, or as the yeah the governor of the land. Here he's uh, mentioned as the governor of land, and there's the different terms. He may be uh, under the governor as a satrap. Or he may be the governor. There's someone else already was, the, in a sense, the governor. So this would be this word. And again, it's a translation. It's are you, what are you going to translate this word as? In their world, there would be a governor and then a satrap underneath them. He apparently, the word is translated governor here, but would be a satrap. And another governor is over him because he takes the position of that governor, according to these documents, in 502. And there's another guy in his place right there. So again, that's not a discrepancy. It's just a clarification of that, that word. Plus, he pops up in cuneiform documents outside the Bible. Nonetheless, him and his associates came uh, and came down to Jerusalem. And they're going to, they, they say this, Who gave you a decree to build this house and to finish this structure? And so he says, Who gave you the authority? In other words, they are authority. They are up and running. They are by 520, they are building the temple. They've listened to the prophets. They're building the temple. Now, they've got Cyrus's decree. I mean, they've got a Persian emperor's decree. You can do this. They just never did it. So they're, they're following Cyrus's decree. They're following the, the Lord that wants them to build it. And rightfully so, you can get mad at Tatani uh, t- 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 and say, What are you doing? Well, he's doing his job. You're down here building this temple. Uh, who gave you the authority to do this? And he also, the next thing you're going to see him do, he's going to take names. He's going to take names. He's writing a report along with his scribe. Remember, he's got a scribe there writing these things down because he's in charge of this. And if they're building a temple and rebellions have been broken out all across the empire, so he's checking on this rebellion. What are you doing? Who told you to do this? I'm reporting this with my scribe to Darius. And that's what's taking place. So you say, uh, looks like it's the devil coming after him. Basically, the guy's just doing his job. Uh, they, also asked, they also asked them this What are the names of the men who are building this building? And they're building the temple. Now, verse 5 But the eye of their God was on the elders of the Jews, and they did not stop them until the report should reach Darius, and then an answer be returned by letter concerning it. Now, If this was 536 and someone came down and says, Boo, why are you doing this? We're going to take your names. They all would have scattered back to their homes and nobody did anything. But after the preaching of Haggai and Zechariah, Tatanai shows up and says, Who's doing this? And they say, We're doing it. Here's our names. Here's our, our, we got information from Cyrus. We can do this. And he gets his information and they just keep right on going. It says right here, the eye of their God was on the elders of the Jews. In other words, they're in line with God. They drew near to God. God drew near to them, and they're bold enough to keep doing what they should have been doing for the last 20 years. Uh, uh, I've got some things written down there about Tatanai, two things to ask for. Oh, the re- word report is from the Hebrew word tama or Aramaic word tama, which means a full detail of what is happening was recorded and sent to Persia, meaning... The word report means details. I mean, he's got, it's going to be a letter. Okay, now the next part right here, this is a letter sent from Governor Tatanai to Darius reporting the rebuilding activity of the Jews. And you say, well, that's strange. This guy's writing a letter to the emperor. They have found records in cuneiform and in papyrus of this very thing, of detailed reports that were kept in archives, just things that why would the emperor want to know this? I want to know what's going on in my empire. So this matches archaeology and, and literature that we have, we have from that ta- this time period. Chapter 5, verse 6. This is a copy of the letter that Tatani, the governor of the province beyond the river, Trans-Euphrates, and Shithar, Bazani, and his associates, the governors who were in the province beyond the river, sent to Darius the king. They sent him a report. There's that word again a detailed account, all the minor details, in which was written as follows. Now this is right there. The next thing you have there is the letter. It's right out of the, this is the English Standard Translation, going from verse, the end of verse 7, going up to verse 17. So it's a 10 verse letter. And you can see in here that it's pretty accurate. I don't think Some commentators would be like, well, looks like someone wrote this back in and said this is the letter because there's a lot of Jewish ideas in it, a lot of Jewish references. Well, it's kind of like, okay, if it is a real letter and he's writing all the details and he asks, who gave you the authority? Give me some names. Why are you doing this? This is exactly what the Jews would have said. So instead of saying, well, I bet it's a forgery, someone just made it up or added to it, why don't we just accept it as the actual information he got from the Jews there in 528 BC, and this is what they said. So here's his letter. I'll read it to you right now. To Darius the king, the king, or to Darius the King, all peace. Be it known to the king. Now again, this Tatanai is not necessarily Satan trying to stop the building of the temple. There's been revolts all over the empire, and this is maybe just one of many that he's reported on. I'm not sure why they're doing this. They're building this structure, and it looks like a governmental building, some kind of a, a seat of a new government. I, I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm reporting this. So he's, he's just doing his job. Be it known to the king that we went to the province of Judah, and that's exactly what it was called. It was called Judah. There's coins that says Judah on it, Persian coins to the house of the great god now see the great why would he call the jewish god the great god because the jews told him it was the great god all these territories on this map have the great god if it marduk or sin or whoever the god is dagon this is for the great god it is being built with huge stones now that phrase huge stones is it the word the phrase is actually rolling stones it's being built with rolling stones which you understand what that means right away these stones are not things being carried in these are stones being rolled in so these are being cut in some kind of a a uh, a quarry somewhere put on rollers and rolled in and thus the translation huge stones is correct but the the actual term means with rolling stones. Again, you think rock and roll, Mick Jagger. No, Uh, these are huge stones that are being rolled in. And timber is laid in the walls. And that would be like right here, we've got uh, a poured wall from the foundation. And so we see the wall. They would see stones, but then they'd come in with timber or they'd have wood carvings overlaying it. So when it talks about timber, it's either gonna be talking about layers of wood on the stone so you don't walk in and go wow uh, a bunch of concrete you'd walk in and you'd see all decorative carvings sometimes in a temple overlaid with metal or gold or something so it'd be a very elaborate looking place or the timber could be you'd have stones and then the timbers are going across as beams for the ceilings just like we see timbers here or you know the the, the floor joists uh, and that that's going to be supporting whatever the roof is. So he's describing their building. They're building it with rolling stones, huge uh, ashlar stones, and then timber is laid on the walls. They're decorating it. This, this work goes on diligently and prospers in their hands. They're, they're serious. And it's, it's, they're, getting, they're making progress. Then we asked those elders and spoke to them thus, who gave you a decree to build this house and to finish this structure? Where do you get the idea that you can come in here and start building this with, in the Persian Empire? We also asked them for their names, for your information that we might write down the names of their leaders. Now, the names are not listed here. We would assume that that was on an attachment with the email. Uh, these are the names that came with it. And this was their reply to us. This is what those building the temple said. They say, we are servants of the God of heaven and earth, and we are rebuilding the house that was built many years ago, which a great king of Israel built and finished. Now, again, that great king would be Solomon. Uh, many years ago, it would be 950 B.C. And servants of the God of heaven and earth. And again, when they say that, servants of the God of heaven and earth, that matches how many gods across the Middle East. I mean, there's probably you know, 15 different gods, at least three or four, that are known as the God of heaven and earth. So, I mean, not that it's not Jehovah or Yahweh, but when they describe it that way, that puts them in under the radar of the Persian because the Persian is like, oh, yes, that, we know that God. We, we worship the God of heaven and earth. It's like, yeah, sure you do, you're right. But, you know, they're not going to go into details. And, but anyway, that's, they describe it that way. Um, Built many years by a great king. But because our fathers had angered the God of heaven... See right there they, they they said this is why it was destroyed we we made him mad he gave them into the hand of nebuchadnezzar the king of babylon the chaldean and again his story history would explain that to him who destroyed this house and carried away the people to babylonia however now watch this in the first year of cyrus king of babylon cyrus the king made a decree that this house of god should be rebuilt and that's what you have right here that's the the cyrus cylinder in fact i've got an image i took that picture of the british museum and i've got that same picture on page bottom of page five that's just a page now that looks huge right there like it's a big it's it's about this big okay that bottom page five uh, as i look at it as i got it printed here it's like i'm standing looking up at it and i think i was trying to get a different angle on it but it's not like the whole room it's about this big uh but that that and you'd read it like this. You'd read it like you'd roll like this. You'd read it the, the cuneiform writing. You'd read it, and then you'd roll it. And instead of being the flat, well, if you turn the page, I've got a couple cuneiform tablets. Those I've got. Those those are my two two of my cuneiform tablets holding them. And you see how small they are. They're just flat cuneiform tablets, and there's cuneiform writing on them. And of course, you could read it or and turn it over. But they had an update. You know, they had a big conference out in California. Uh, one of the the, the tech guys came out and presented the new thing. Instead of writing on a flat tablet, they're going to write on a cylinder, and then you can do this with it. You can like, roll it and read it like this, and that was an advancement in technology, like the iPad coming out with something new. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's new. And then from there, they're going to go to uh, uh, papyrus. Oh, while we're on that page six, if you're looking at that, see right there? That is a close-up of this silver dish right here this wine bowl and you can see the cuneiform writing going all the way around the side this is on the rim of a 12 inch bowl from the 400s bc written in old persian cuneiform these are the words right here on this bowl right here and this i took this picture in the uh, british museum Look how long! look at the quote look how long that quote is that's what it says around all the way around the rim and there's probably six eight or ten of these bowls all set together they found the whole set of dishes Artaxerxes, the great king, king of kings, king of countries, son of Xerxes, the king of Xerxes, who was son of Darius the king, in whose royal house this silver saucer was made. So he's, he's Artaxerxes, Xerxes, D- Darius. He's going all the way back. And so that's on that bowl. And again, you can't say for sure, but Nehemiah was the wine bearer, the, carried the bowl of wine to nehemiah carried it to artaxerxes and so if he didn't use this one he used something like it so that puts nehemiah right in right you know right right here with this thing okay enough of that go back to page three um i'm in chapter five on page three uh Chapter 5, verse 13. However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, Cyrus the king made a decree that this house of God should be rebuilt. And again, we've got evidence that that's exactly what he... And it, wasn't, it wasn't like he became the emperor, that overthrew the Babylonians, and then says, we're going to go rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. He's sending them back everybody's going back. Whatever the Assyrians and the Babylonians did, clearly it didn't make the gods happy because look, I'm here. I'm going to have a new policy. We're not going to keep all the gods here in Babylon. We're going to take them back to where they came from so I have peace in my empire. We don't want to make all these gods mad. Look what happened to the Assyrians. Look what happened to the Babylonians. Peace. Just go back, go home. And the gold and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple that was in Jerusalem and brought into the temple of Babylon, these Cyrus, the king, took out of the temple of Babylon, and they were delivered to one whose name was Shezbazar, we, we know that, whom he made, had made governor. So you got Shezbazar who comes before Zerubbabel, or alongside, or another name of, we've talked through that and he said to him take these vessels cyrus did go and put them in the temple that is in jerusalem and let the house of god be rebuilt on its site now notice that phrase rebuilt on its site don't just rebuild the temple find out where it's supposed to be move the rubble dig down find the cornerstone and put the temple where it belongs and that was a big deal for all of the temples all the shrines and in fact it kind of is still today you got the dome of the rock sitting right on top of the rock that where the 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 uh the ark used to sit again that's another conversation and the jews are waiting to get that back we'll see how things go Um, but anyway they're going to go back and build it on that exact site then then this shazbazer came and laid the foundation and he did 536 they laid the foundation and put the altar there on the temple mount laid the foundation of the house of God that is in Jerusalem, and from that time until now, it has been in, been in building, and it is not yet finished. Now, there's something interesting they said right here. They say right here, they, he laid the foundation, and we've been building it ever since. Now, the inside story, we all know, we got selfish, we started building our own houses, we had to get chewed out by the prophet Haggai before we came back, but They've got a decree from Cyrus. Now, if they tell, again, this is, this is them giving a report, and this is the letter that Patenai takes over. The report was, we started obeying Cyrus, and we're still obeying Cyrus. Why is it taking so long? We've been working on it. It's like the homework assignment. Is it done we're working on it we gave it's three weeks have you been working. we've been working on it maybe maybe it means nothing more than i've been thinking i should get started on it they've been thinking about building they've been working on it but they don't want to say and then we got discouraged and we quit because right there by default now they're not following cyrus's decree why all of a sudden are you building it now well, we thought was now was a good time because your empire's in, in, in an uproar. We thought now we'd just kind of maybe slip it in under the radar. No one would notice it because we've had opposition for 16 years. So they don't say anything like that. They give the impression they've been working on it for 16 years. And in a sense, they have been. They just haven't physically been on the site, you know, actually working on their homework project. They've been thinking about, mm, I should probably do my homework. But they just haven't been doing it. But they do say right here... Um, Then this Shazbazar came and laid the foundation of the house of God that is in Jerusalem. And from that time until now, it has been in building. It's been in the process of being built all this time, and it is not yet finished. We're just finishing it up. Therefore, now this is the letter. This is the letter Tatanai wrote to Darius after talking to the Jews. Therefore, if it seems good to the king, now this is Tatanai telling Darius, now, if it seems good to you, Darius, let a search be made in the royal archives there in Babylon to see whether a decree was issued by Cyrus the king for the rebuilding of this house of God in Jerusalem, and let the king send us his pleasure in this matter. Okay, here's what I found out. They're building it. They say Cyrus gave a decree. They've been working on it all this time. I'm just concerned. Now, if it's a decree, why don't you I, just give me advice, Darius? Why don't you go to Babylon and check the archives and see and again that's an amazing statement because they would that would be you know almost 20 years ago and then again that's not impressive because they've got records going back beyond the Assyrians the Assyrians had records that Arshur Banipal, we talked about it Arshur Banipal said he could read the writings that were written before the flood that that he's not talking I mean, you could say it's the biblical flood, but he's talking not about Genesis. He's talking about the known history of the time. We have documents that were written before the flood. Now, if they were in the flood, they probably got buried and were wiped out. But if they went on the ark, came off the ark, and had been copied for years, they could say, we've got copies of the documents that were written before the flood. And of course, if Genesis was written, the early chapters before the flood, those documents had to be on the ark with Noah, he added to them, collected. Abraham had copies of them, but nonetheless, they've got archives going way back. So they're going to go back and find an archive 20 years before. He's not asking for a crazy feat here. Just send your scribes back into the archives and find this decree. That's my suggestion, because, uh, and then tell me what you want to do. They say there's a, an archive there with documents. Go check it. Okay, so that's, that's the letter. Teni sent to Darius. Now, chapter, Ezra chapter 6, verse 1 through 12. Then Darius, the king, made a decree. And the decree he made was, go search in Babylonia in the house of the archives where the documents were stored. So now, if you look right here on the next notes, I think I've got it written down. Where did I write that down at? I hope I wrote it down somewhere. You can see it on, on page 5. You've got Babylon, Susa, and Ecbatana. Ecbatana used to be the capital of the old Medes. And you can see Ecbatana. Yeah, there's Ecbatana, Susa, and Babylon. Babylon would be the winter. The winter house. Susa would be the spring and then in the summer would be Ecbectana. I think that's the way it goes. I wrote that down on here somewhere. I, I, I Beyond the River. I'm looking at my notes, seeing if I wrote something down. Permission. If it's on there, you'll see it. If not, I really meant to write it down. It's going to pop up here somewhere. Okay, but here, I'm going to go on read this. So they began because the, the treasures were in Babylon. Cyrus had taken over Babylon, and that's where he gave the decree to restore, or go back and restore. So they began in Babylon, but they didn't find anything apparently. They would have then in the spring moved to Susa, and then he searched the archives there and didn't find it. And then by the summer, they're in Ekbektana, and there we have it, then Darius, king the king, made a decree and a search was made in Babylon in the house of the archives where the documents were stored. Apparently, nothing was found. And in Ecbatana, the citadel that is in the province of Media, a scroll was found on which was written. So they find in Ecbatana a scroll. Now, a scroll is interesting. That's not cuneiform. That would be probably some kind of papyrus or parchment that would be a scroll. Now, I have in this book also this piece of papyrus right in this picture right here. And this is uh, from the Persian period. A temple had been des- been destroyed by the Egyptians uh, in, in Egypt uh, in Elephantine. Uh, and this is a decree that the Jews could go ahead and build that. This is actually a piece of uh, 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 papyrus that tells them that they could do that very thing, which is similar to what they're looking for in Ecbatana, except there it is. So they find it in Echbatana. It's interesting. Uh, while Cyrus was on the throne, when he made all these decrees, you know who one of his right-hand guys was? It was Daniel, who had been there all through the Babylonian Empire. He had stayed over into the Persian Empire. Some of his visions took place then. He was in uh, Babylon. He saw visions in Susa. And he had a place, or a palace, or a fortress in Ecbatana, he stayed in Ecbatana, so it's because daniel would have followed this cycle and so there's a chance again speculation that they're going through daniel's library which was part of the archive in Ecbatana, and they find some of the stuff that he kept if not the Bab the, the persians have it anyhow because the babylonians kept it the assyrians kept it they just inherited these libraries but and in Ekbektana, the citadel and again that means a fortress a citadel that was in the province of Media was a scroll uh, was found which was written now here's what was written on the scroll now they're reading in Ekbektana in the archive in the fortress a document they're reading it in 520 it's a document that would have been written in 538 539 so this is when it was written This is when they're reading it. This is when all these things were supposed to be having taken place. And here's what it says. This is from 538. We see similar things written on the cuneiform tablet. We've seen this written in other places in the text of Scripture. But now in 520, they actually find it in Ecbectana, and now they're reading it. And it says, a record. Chapter 6, verse 3. In the first year of Cyrus the king, Cyrus the King issued a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be rebuilt, the place where sacrifices were offered, and let its foundations be retained again, the foundations found, retained. Its height shall be 60 cubits, and its breadth, breadth 60 cubits. So 60 feet high, or 60 cubits high, 60 cubits wide, with three layers of great stones. Three layers of rolling stones. So you're going to have three layers of those huge ashlers building up. And one layer of timber. Now that timber, would that be again the timber on the wall that's been planed down and paneled? Or is it the timber's going through the ceiling? Let the cost be paid for by the royal treasury. Now remember, Cyrus said that. He says, we'll pay for it. When nehemiah wants to go back and build the walls artaxerxes says here let me write a check for it. i'm going to give you permission to get into the king's forest or the force of lebanon so cyrus says i'll pay for it artaxerxes says he'll pay for it this was the custom we've got records of darius not just in the bible but throughout this time period you find it darius was again He wanted the gods restored to their temples, the temples rebuilt. It's for the good of the government. It's for the good of the empire if the gods are happy. We'll pay for it. Instead of having a war and paying for a war, we'll pay for the temples. So, I mean, that's common sense in the mind of uh, Cyrus, of Artaxerxes. And we can assume Darius is going to be the same. Now, we're not reading Darius' words right now. We're reading whose words? The words of Cyrus. During Darius' reign, we're reading what Cyrus says. He says, let the cost be paid for by the royal treasury and also let the gold and silver vessels of the house of God which Nebuchadnezzar took out of the temple that is in Jerusalem and brought to Babylon be restored and brought back to the temple that is in Jerusalem, each in its place. Notice, I mean, that just makes common sense, but it's actually a total reversal of policy. The Assyrians, the Babylonians, conquered the gods and the treasures and brought them to Babylon or wherever and then we will treat them right. Persians come in and say, obviously you didn't do it right because you lost everything. We're going to do it right. We're going to reverse that policy and send them back where they came from, which makes complete sense if you think about it. Um, in its place, you shall put them in the house of God. Uh, now, there is some trouble with those measurements, 60 cubits by 60 cubits. Uh, Solomon's temple in 1 Kings 6-2, it's 60 cubits long. Twenty cubits wide and thirty cubits high. This is twice as high as Solomon's. So, again, that's another study. Why are those numbers? Are they 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 mistranslate them, miscopy them? Is he just making a big cube? Uh, is are we missing part of the decree? Uh, but that's that's what the, what it says. Uh, the one layer of timber wood paneling, uh, and that we paid for by the beyond the river. Okay, so that's what they found. So. In 520, in Trans-Euphrates, the governor, Tatenae, says, sends a letter over, says, the Jews are building the temple. They say Cyrus says they could. Darius, I suggest you go find in the archives Cyrus' decree. They check Babylon. No. They check Susa. No. They check Ecbatana. We found it. It's in Ecbatana. Yes, he did. He says the royal treasury is supposed to pay for it. It's supposed to be right back on the same location. This is how big it's supposed to be, and the treasury is supposed to go right in there. So they've got a decree from Cyrus. You've got Darius inheriting a decree from Cyrus that's in the royal archive. So what's Darius going to say? And again, don't think evil of necessarily of Tatenai, the governor. He's just doing his job. In fact, he's following the protocol. Let's go, go check. Are we supposed to be doing this? Okay, chapter 6, verse 6. Now therefore Tatanai, governor of the province beyond the river, Shethar, Bazanai, and your associates, the governors who are in the province beyond the river, keep away. And the word keep away is a technical term, a legal technical term. You can see it in other documents that have been found in other places. It means uh there, I, I forgot to highlight or make it in italics there. There it is in the Hebrew or Aramaic. It's a technical legal term that means tells the accusation, excuse me, says that the accusation is rejected. They're doing nothing wrong. Leave them alone. The legal principle is found in the Elephanti papyri. Uh, The Persian officials were required, the Persian officials on the other side of the Euphrates and trans-Euphrates, stay away from the temple, stay off Jewish property, and do not interfere with the activities of the Jews. Let them go. They have permission. So, they're good. And if I catch you messing with them, uh, you'll be in trouble. Now, here's what he says. Let the work on this house of God alone. Excuse me. Let the work on this house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews rebuild the house of God on its site. Now, the governor at the beginning of this process is clearly Zerubbabel, even recorded by Haggai and Zechariah. But by 516, Zerubbabel's name is gone. And again, maybe he died maybe he got caught up in some kind of that you know the messianic fever and got accused got you know whatever we don't know again that's total speculation but the governor of the jews at this time now darius is writing in 520 uh rebuild the house of god so they're supposed to so haggai and zacharias says get it done they start doing it now the emperor says yes finish the house so it's it's all green lights. moreover in addition to that, leaving them alone and let them get it done, moreover, I make a decree regarding what you shall do for these elders of the Jews. Here's another decree. Besides Cyrus' decree and my decree that we're going to follow Cyrus's decree and my decree that we're going to go look for the decree, I'm making another decree, and this decree is that you shall do for these elders of the Jews For the rebuilding of the house of God, the cost is to be paid to these men in full and without delay from the royal revenue, the tribute of the province from beyond the river. In other words, the Tanai is in charge of collecting taxes, distributing taxes. Now, who's going to pay for this? You're going to pay for this. From your tax base, I don't care if you can't find the budget, raise taxes. You're going to pay for this temple by the Jews. So they're going to do the work. You stay off their property. But when they need something, you just ship it down. Give them a blank check. And and that's what he says right here. The cost is to be paid to these men in full and without delay from the royal revenue. Oh, the Persians are going to pay for it? Well, no, the Persians on the Trans-Euphrates. You Persians over there, over on that side of the empire, you're paying for it from your tax base. Uh. And whatever is needed, bulls, rams, or sheep for burnt offerings to the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, or oil, and all those things would be used in offerings. They'd sprinkle salt, they'd put on oil or wine. As the priests at Jerusalem require, let that be given to them day by day without fail. Now again, that may, may, does, that include, does that sound like that includes part of the offering, which could be? Or does that mean the priests are to be financed by the government at that time? Now, why would Darius do that? Well, why did Darius and Cyrus send the gods back and have their temples rebuilt? Because they don't want the gods mad at them. They don't want them mad at the empire. We want peace. So make the gods happy. And here's what he said. Look at this verse, verse, chapter 6, verse 10. Why would we do that? That they may offer pleasing sacrifices, these priests. Okay, so it would appear that these priests are receiving wheat, salt, wine, and oil as part of the sacrifices so that they may offer pleasing sacrifices to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his sons. So pray, we're going to make the gods happy, give the priests everything they need for the sacrifice, and while they're sacrificing, those priests should be praying for me, Darius, and my son, Xerxes, going on down to Artaxerxes, Xerxes. And so that would be, again, typical. And again, point one under that on page four. This generosity is typical of other documents concerning Darius. This is not like, unheard of he say, well that's strange it's not strange that's exactly what he did across his empire uh darius was concerned with rebuilding the shrines now he write that stuff and then chapter 11 or chapter 6 verse 11 also i make a decree now he, he's already made the decree that the tax are going to pay for it i want them praying for me i want that god favor me it's like oh it looks like he's a follower of yahweh now he wants er, whoever you're praying to pray to him for me too here here's some money Offer a sacrifice wherever your God's at. So he's, he's a polytheist. I mean, it's like whoever, which in his mind makes total sense. Uh, obviously polytheist would be, of course, monotheist, which you're going to have Jews, Christians, and Muslims are monotheist. Chapter, meaning there's one God. Chapter 6, verse 11. Also make a decree that if anyone alters this edict a beam shall be pulled out of his house. Now the beam, or the timber, is talking about some kind of a structure of support. If, anyone, if, if I find anyone messing with the Jews in this temple, and or changing this decree and saying, I, we're not going to pay for it ourselves, then we're going to come find you and your house. We're going to pull a beam out of your house. Your house will collapse, and he shall be impaled on it. That would be nailed to it. Or if you do the Assyrian style, it would be sharpened to a point, stuck in the ground with the point on the top, and then your body dropped on it. And you'd be like, ah, like this, impaled on the beam from your house. The, the uh, Assyrians stuck people on poles. The Romans nailed them on poles and eventually made crosses. So it's kind of a development from the Assyrians and the Romans' Uh, perfected the crucifixion process anyway uh, they shall be impaled on the beam from their house and his house shall be made a dunghill in other words that's where you, all the neighbors will dump their garbage on his house May, and so in other words don't mess with the jews and that's darius saying that now xerxes is going to marry a jew artax xerxes his wine bearer is going to be a jew and he's going to go back he's going to first say stop building the wall we just saw that but when he gets more information from Nehemiah, he says, okay, we'll go finish the wall and rebuild it. So you've got the Persian Empire right here. Cyrus sends them back to rebuild. Cambyses, you know, not much there except he, you know, let the Jews be Jews. Darius does what we just saw tonight. Xerxes, he's going to have Haman, who's going to want to have all the Jews ex- executed. He's going to find out that his wife Esther is a Jew. Haman's going to die on the gallows. And Artaxerxes, of course. And then this leads into, and of course, it leads into Alexander, who's going to worship on the temple of the Jews. So, again, you've got you know, some positive things happening here. Um, last verse May the God who has caused his name to dwell there overthrow any king or people who shall put out a hand to alter this or to destroy this house of God that is in Jerusalem. Now, again, notice how he limits it. See, May the God who has caused His name to dwell there. meaning, the God of the Jews has chosen Mount Moriah, and his name dwells there. He can have that hill. That, yes. And you go ahead and you protect your hill, and anyone interferes, you go ahead and protect your hill. Now that's, that's the theology of Darius. The theology of the Jews is like, okay, you think what you want to think, King, we're going to build this, but our God rules. In fact, he's the one who put Cyrus and this whole Persian empire in place. But uh, that's for another day. We'll just build our little temple on our little hill for our little God who chose this little hill. May the God who has caused his name to dwell there overthrow any king or people who shall put out a hand to alter this or to destroy this house of God that is in Jerusalem. I, Darius, make a decree. Let it be done with all diligence. And so now they've got permission. There's, they've got a green light. In fact, anyone that wants to oppose them, like Samaritans, uh, they're under threat from the emperor himself of losing uh, their house, uh, their life, for interfering. And so now you're going to have, again, the temple's going to be rebuilt, and the pressure, once again, returns to the Jews. Are you going to be obedient and do what God's called you to do? And we'll pick this up next week, because now the next verse they're going to talk about finishing the temple. It'll be pretty quick next week, as you're going to finish the temple, celebrate and then what's going to happen, we're going to be right here, then what's going to happen, the next thing that's going to happen is right, we're going to jump to 458, and Ezra's going to leave Babylon to come over and see what's going on. So all this is they're going to rebuild it, then they're going to have you know, maybe call it, s- they're not going to say much about what's going on here, they're just happily living in Judah, they've got their temple to sacrifices, and then Ezra's going to also go, well I'm going to go check on them and start teaching them the word of God. And he's going to go over there and find things not like he likes them, and now, now we're going to have the Ezra's coming on the scene. So all all this that Ezra's writing, Ezra's not on the scene yet. He's still writing history of what's taking place. I'll pray and we're done. Father, we thank you for the chance looking at these things. We ask that we again would trust that you're leading us and our nation and our history just like you were in these days. We ask that we'd be on your side, that we'd follow you and stay faithful in easy times and difficult times, that we'd still follow you. And we do ask that we'd be a light in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for your time.